Hi, I'm Pastor Robbie Barrett, and I want to take this time to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to a life-changing Word from God. And I pray that as you listen to these podcasts, that it will shape your way of thinking and that you will be walking in the fullness of what God has for you. Then guess what? It's going to override your circumstances. Part three, we learned about vision complex. What did we learn about it? We learned that in the vision is the main vision of your life is tied together with multiple visions. What does that mean? And we're going to talk about this today about doing well. When we do well in every area of our life, not just in a specific area that we want to do, it's going to bring it all together and it's going to take us to the ultimate vision that we have for our life. Part four, we talked about the eyes of the heart. Now, what do we learn about the eyes of the heart? What's the eyes? The soul, right? Say that with me, the soul. Your soul is the eyes into your spirit, into your heart. Now, if the vision is clouded, now we know our eyes are not the light. They only receive the light. So when we try to bring light into our heart and our soul is clouded, meaning our vision, our soul is not transformed, we're still thinking and acting and talking like the world, when we're doing that, the light cannot come in. And without, I don't care how good of the soul that you put your seed into, if you have no light, there will be no production. You have to have light and you have to have water. Now... The next part, last week we talked about vision warfare. What did we learn about vision warfare? We learned that it is a fight, but it is a what? Good fight. Paul told Timothy, he said, fight the good fight of faith. So it's a good fight. Why is it a good fight? It is a good fight because what you're fighting for is valuable. There is great treasures that await you. The enemy knows this. If he he didn't know that there was going to be spoils in this battle, he wouldn't even be fighting you right now. Somebody needs to hear this. But there is treasures to be won. He knows that. And I asked you this question last week, and I'll ask it again. Could it be that he, you say, the enemy's fighting me hard right now. He's doing all these things right now. Well, could it be that he sees the vision... And you don't. He sees it more clear, and you don't. Could it be that? So you have to get a clear perspective on what you're fighting for, and it is a good fight. Now today, if you want to entitle this, I want to title this Vision. Vision Legacy. Say that with me. Vision Legacy. Vision is a legacy. I touched on this just a little bit last week about how your vision is bigger than you. Why is it worth the fight? Because your vision is bigger than you. I'm going to ask you this question and then I'm going to ask you I'm going to ask you the same question again at the end of the sermon. Does your vision die with you? I'm going to say it one more time. Does your vision die with you? So if, if, if your vision is not going past you, then it's not much of a legacy, is it? But what I'm trying to show you is, is that what God has for you, and I'm going to open up your eyes today, that what God has for you 
is far bigger than the moment that you're living in right now. It's not only going to change your life, but it's going to change countless others. Most importantly, your children. Those, your family, your children that are coming after you, it's going to change their lives. And not just that, everybody that will ever be connected with your ministry. Everybody say, I have a ministry. I don't care if you're not up here on the pulpit or whatever. You have a ministry. And everybody that is connected to you will be touched by your vision. Now go to Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 3. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word today. I just thank you so much for this this series that you've given us, Lord, about vision. You're teaching us how to see. When we can see ourselves blessed, we'll be blessed. When we can see ourselves healed, we will be healed. Father, I just thank you for understanding and enlightenment. And Father, I praise you today for the results that are going to come forth from this sermon today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. Now look with me at Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 3. It says, All the commandments which I command you this day shall you observe to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land. Stop right there. What's that? Manifestation. Say that with me. Manifestation. All right, but if you see right there, God doesn't stop right there. Let's see. It says, Which the Lord swore unto your fathers, and you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble you, to prove you, to know what was in your heart. We've been learning about this for weeks now. Whether you would keep His commandments or no. Verse 3, So He humbled you and suffered you to hunger and fed thee with manna, which you knew not, neither did your fathers know, that He might make you to know... Somebody say, understand that man does not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, the Lord, or the Lord does man live by. So you see what God is saying right here. I want you to see this. That God is saying, my, my word, the benefits of my word, does not stop with manifestation. Now, I know that everybody's all about the fulfillment of promises. I understand that. We are all about manifestation. And and if you allow me now, I have to apologize on behalf of ministers because we do such a great job of bringing people to the manifestation, bringing people to the birth of their promise. We do such a great job at that. But let me tell you where we have lacked on. Many of us are not teaching people what to do once it manifests. Many of us are not teaching people, okay, so the vision comes to pass in your life. Now what? Now see, the issue is is that many people say, I don't know. Because all I was striving for is to get it manifested. Man, I was just believing for the promise to come to pass. Okay, well what happens once the promise is manifested? Well, I don't really know. Well, let me let you in on a bombshell. Life does not stop after that, does it? When you believe for God to give you a child and He gave you a child, did it stop once the child was born? No. If you're a parent in here, it only begins there, right? See, what I'm trying to tell you is, 
<clears throat> I want to ask you this question. Can you stand or can you, are you able to handle being blessed? Are you able to handle the manifestation of the vision? Now before you say, oh yes I am, Pastor. That's an easy question. That's something I could easily answer. I am definitely more than capable. Well, so does everybody that wins the lottery. So does everybody that gets uh, an inheritance from a rich uncle or something or this or that. What happens is, is because they didn't go through process, come on, because they despise the journey, whatever you want to call it, when they received something, they thought it ended right there and everything was just going to be hunky-dory and everything else. And what was supposed to be a blessing, I touched on this a few weeks ago, what was supposed to be a blessing, now you've turned it into a curse. Amen. See, if I pray, if I pray for God to give me a, a, a spouse, you know, if I'm a single person, Lord, just give me a spouse. If you just give me a spouse, that'll help me serve you and all this stuff. Well, God brings that forth. He sends somebody into your life, and then that person keeps you from coming to church. You've turned a blessing into a what? And it probably, watch this, it's probably not going to work out. Well, I thought we was called to be together. You may have been called to be together. But because you did not finish out the work. Come on now. See, what I'm trying to show you is, is all those seasons that you were single, God was trying to teach you how to handle a spouse. Mm. All those seasons that you were trying to struggle through, wondering how you're going to pay your bills or wondering how you're going to get through the month, God was trying to teach you how to function once you do have plenty of money. What did He say? Look what He said to him. He said, I taught you in the wilderness. I was trying to teach you that man does not live by bread alone. You were looking for something to eat, and I provided it for you. Come on. You were looking for a promised land. You were looking for a place of victory, and I was teaching you what to do once you got there. But I was trying to show you that man does not live by bread alone, but he lives by every word. What does the word produce? Every vision. See, what you've got to understand is, is that what your vision manifests, you've got to live by it. Let's go back to that promise again. If God promises you children, and He, and he manifests that promise, guess what? You can't go back once that happens. Amen? Sometimes you'd like to grip them up a little bit, but that don't change the fact God's brought them forth in your life. Amen? So now it's your responsibility to what? To handle the blessing. Come on. The Bible says that children are a blessing. Okay, but sometimes you got to handle them. I hope everybody's getting this today. All right, so it doesn't stop there. A whole new journey is beginning once the promise manifests. Once the vision comes to pass. And watch this. What you've allowed God to teach you the whole time that you were waiting is what you are going to have to use in the next journey. Oh, but wait a minute. What if I've been despising my journey? 
What if I have been despising and and resenting everything that God has taken me through? In other words, the entire time that I've been in the wilderness, I've been doing what the children of Israel did. Let's see what they did. So... Let's recap real quick. God was saying, I did all this stuff in the wilderness to teach you how to handle your blessings. So instead of the, what's the children of Israel do? Instead of saying, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for teaching us how to handle the blessings so we wouldn't lose it. Thank you for that. I appreciate you doing that. Instead of doing that, what did they do? They griped. They complained. They murmured. They did all those things. And you see, so many people are still doing that today. I don't know why I'm having to go through this. I don't know why I'm having to go through this process. Because I promise you that what God is trying to teach you right now is going to keep you, somebody say keep you, it's going to keep you in the promised land. Woo, Jesus. It's going to keep you having the vision. You see, I would rather have that Come on, then God just dump a blessing on me and I don't know how to handle it and I don't know what to do with it and I end up losing it. Would that not be tragedy? That would be tragedy. So what they should have did or should have done, they should have said, Lord, thank you for taking us to the place of balancing. That word wilderness means to balance. Thank you for teaching us how to balance ourselves and, and govern our emotions and not go by what we see. Because you taught us not to depend on our own ability, but to depend on what the Lord is doing. Thank you for doing that. That's what they should have done. And you see, guess what would have happened? The Babylonians wouldn't have came in and took them out of the land. Come on. The Romans would have, wouldn't have come in and took them out of the land. We have to know today, we have to know that the, the journey does not stop once the vision manifests. Thank God for manifestation. I'm with you on that. Thank God for it. But I realize and I understand that it's bigger than just manifesting. I realize and I understand that once the promises that God manifests in my life, it's time to go to work again. Are y'all seeing what I'm saying? Y'all have heard me say this before. Uh, Pastor Robbie, what are you going to do when God manifests all the promises He ever made you? Believe Him for more. And how are you going to believe Him for more? I'm going to take what I learned in the last journey of believing and I'm going to apply it to the new journey. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Go to Proverbs 3, 1 through 3. Let's read that right there. It says, My son, forget not my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. We've been learning for weeks. Where do we need to put the Word of God? In our heart. Because our heart is the soil. For the length of days and long life and peace shall be added to you. Next verse. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about your neck. Write them upon the tablets of your heart. Now go back to verse 2 one more time. Notice what he says here. He's trying to get your perspective open. Now notice this. He, he doesn't say, this word is going to get you through a season. Did he? See, that, that's what we're all about though. Lord, just give me a word to get me through a season. 
give me something that's going to get me out of this just right now. That's all, that's all I'm worried about. Just manifest your promise. But see, God says, no, 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 no. you got to think bigger than that. The things that I'm teaching you, what's He say? He said, they're going to add to you what? Length of days. How many can see the picture now that He's not just talking about manifestation, but He's talking about even after it manifests. It's going to do what? It's going to give you long life. How many is interested in just God fulfilling His promises and then a week later dying off? Oh, nobody? So nobody's interested in that. So that tells me that you're interested in a long life. Well, God says, the words that I'm teaching you, the understanding that I'm giving you, it's not just going to keep you to manifestation. He says it's going to keep you your entire life. So what, watch this, so what God is trying to teach you right now is going to carry you for the rest of your life. Oh, that gives us a better picture, doesn't it? Instead of us just saying, well, you know what, God's just holding out on us, or God's just wanting to see us squirm, or, or this and that, it gives us a better picture that no, God's trying to teach us something that's going to keep us in the blessing instead of Him just delivering us out of this trouble, and guess what's going to happen? You're going to go back in it again. And you're going to go back in it again. And you're going to go back in it again. And it's going to be a constant cycle. Why? Because, yeah, you were delivered, but you didn't learn anything. Say amen or oh me. I don't care. Either one. So watch. Do not forsake my teachings that I've taught you. Because, watch this, these teachings are going to carry you through any avenue of your life. No matter what you're doing, you can apply them to whatever you're doing in life. You see, the great thing about that is, is it's a whole lot better that when something comes up in your life, you know what to do. Isn't that a whole lot better? Then when something arises in your life and you stand back and you say, oh, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know what to do. It's a whole lot better the first thing. So watch this. I love manifestation. But I've learned that the real treasure is the principles that He's taught me along the way to the manifestation, to the fulfillment of my vision. You see, there, there are some visions in my life that have not manifested in the natural yet. What are you doing right now? God is teaching me principles that once that vision manifests, I'm going to be able to apply those principles and they're going to help me keep the vision. How many is interested in losing anything that God gives you? Nobody. I'm not interested in that. Do you know how many people that God has healed and they've lost their healing? That God has blessed and they've lost their blessing? Did God take it from them? No, they, He didn't take it from them. No, 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 no. God didn't do that. They let the enemy take it because, watch this, because they didn't know how to handle the blessing. And if you think for one second, now we talked about warfare last week. If you think for one second that the enemy will not try to return and take back or try to place something back on you, you're living in a dream world. 
But if you shut him off right down there, he's going to say, oh, I have the wrong house. Excuse me. And he's going to go down the road. The Bible makes it clear that once the spirit is casted out of a house, he goes back to the house, see the house is swept clean, and what's he do? He says, oh, I can invite some of my buddies to come in with me. And he said the latter part of that house is worse than the former. That's what Jesus said. Alright, so we got to learn today that the treasure is not the manifestation. We thank God for the manifestation, and it is glorious. But the real treasure is, what did you learn to make it manifest? Woo! Why? Because what you learn to make it manifest, you can make other stuff manifest. You think, watch this right now. How many remembers Jesus talking to the fig tree? How many? Do you think that was the first time he practiced that? Come on. See, Jesus learned this in the secret place with the Father. He, he made it clear. He said, the things that you see me do, I've seen the Father's taught me. He said, I've seen Him do it. The things that you hear me say, they are not my words. He said, but they are the words that the one that sent me. So the treasure is, what are you learning? Enlightenment makes you what? Learn something. So these principles are for the entire length of my days. Galatians 6, 7, and 9. Look at this. It says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also what? Reap. Verse 9. And let us not be weary in what? Well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now, I want to deal with that today. I, want you, I don't want you to read that as, uh, we will, if we don't get weary in well-doing, that doesn't quite flip the light switch on. We need to say it like this. <clears throat> if we learn to do well, somebody say it like that, say do well. Do well sounds better than well-doing. If I learn to do well in every area of my life, Watch this. If I don't get weary in doing well, what's it going to do? It's going to guarantee me that my due season is going to come forth. Now, this is not a roll of the dice. This is what I want to show you today. This is not a roll of the dice. Now, go to verse 9. Or verse uh, 7 again, excuse me. Go to verse 7 again. It says, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. That is a law. This is not a roll of the dice. That, this is not some chance we're going to take. Okay, well I'm going to give my best in every area of my life and I'm going to see if something happens. No, that's not how we're looking at it. How we're looking at it is this. I'm going to give my best. I'm going to do well right where I am. Because I'm guaranteed that my due season is going to come. Lord Jesus, somebody get this. I'm guaranteed that my due season is going to come to me. Why? Because it's a law. God has mandated a law. He said whatsoever a man does, how, do, how does he do it? He does well, he's going to reap of it. Mm. 
had the children of Israel done well in the wilderness, when they were tested, when they were tempted, come on, when they were put on trial, had they have done well, they would have entered into the promised land and they would have stayed there forever. Forever. Their due season would have came and they would have reaped because they fainted not. Now watch this right here. We don't have... So because this is a law, we do not have the suppose it doesn't work syndrome. So why is it that many people have a hard time doing well? Why is it? Go back to verse 7 again, Steve. Read that first three words. Be not what? Deceived. So right away, that is telling me that before anything happens, that there's an opportunity for me to be deceived. To think that what I'm doing well at is not going to pay off. Oh, come on now. That the, the great effort that I'm putting into, the spirit of excellence that I'm operating in, it's not going to pay off for me. There's an opportunity for me to try to be deceived. Now, how is that? This is why so many people have such a hard time doing well. Let me tell you why. Because they base their results off of what they see around them. Look here, I did well, I gave my best, and look around. So what happens? What comes in? Deception. Oh, wait a minute. I'm not reaping what I sowed. I'm reaping what I didn't sow. I gave my best. I put in all the effort, and nothing's changing. Nothing's turning around. And we learned this last week. It's not about if you hold on for a little while. What is it? It's till you hold on until the battle's over, right? Until the enemy lets go. And I promise you, I'm going to say this again this week, I promise you, you can outlast him. He's got nothing to work with. You've got God Almighty on the inside of you. You've got the greater one on the inside of you. You can outlast him. But people get deceived. They say, I'm doing this ever, I'm being faithful, I'm praying, I'm seeking the face of God, and I look around, and everybody else is get, doing better than me, and blah, 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 and they are deceived by it, so they what? They start, watch this, they start getting weary in well-doing. That's a cute little way of saying they begin to despise where they are. See, when we read... Don't get weary and well-doing. That, that sounds too nice. What it's really saying is you're tired. You're sick and tired of being sick and tired. That's what it's really saying. Let's be real in here today. I'm tired of being faithful. I'm tired of putting in the work. I'm tired of doing everything. It seems like everybody else is doing nothing and they're getting paid off. I'm tired of it. What's happening? You're having the supposed it doesn't work syndrome because you're being deceived by the enemy. Instead of understanding that this is a law, God said, I will not be mocked. Yes. 
If you think for a second, now the, the Bible from Genesis to Revelation talks about how righteous God is, how just He is. Come on. When somebody is righteous and just, that means that they are fair. That means that they reward accordingly, right, to what is just. So God says, if you think for one second that I'm going to be labeled as a God who you put forth into me and don't expect anything in return, you're living in a dream world. But that's what the religious world has taught people for years. You give unto God, but don't you expect anything in return. How do you think that makes God feel? Yeah, bless the Lord. Bless His works, but He's a cheapskate. Come on. He won't pay you back. He won't, you won't be blessed. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Let me tell you something. God is just and He is righteous. And the Bible says He is a rewarder. Somebody help me. Y'all know the verse. He is a rewarder of them that what? Diligently seek Him. What is that? That is doing well. If I do well where I am, even if I'm in the wilderness, even if I'm still in the process, if I do well, I have the guarantee that God is going to give me His best. Matter of fact, that's what God told me one time. He said, you give me your best and I promise you, I will give you my best. So guess what? I don't wake up every day saying, Lord, you going to give me your best? Are you, gonna give me, you still going to give me your best? See, that's me being deceived. So let's read this again. Go to verse 7 again, Steve. So when I make my confession, I've changed it. I've said, I say it like this. I am not deceived by what the enemy is trying to use to convince me it's not working. For whatsoever I sow, I will reap. Now see, now let's flip this now. So if I understand now that this is a law that God has to reward and God is always going to pay the dues and all this other stuff, then that gives me a whole new perspective. How many knows, watch this, when you do well and God rewards you for it, what's that cause you to do? That causes you to what? Keep doing well. Right? That causes you to keep doing well. It's the same thing with your employer. If you give a week's worth of work to your employer and your employer said, well done, here's your payday, what's that cause you to do? The next week, it caused you to do well again, right? Because, hey, I did well this past week and they paid me. You see what I'm saying? The, let me say it like this. The only thing the enemy's got to work with is time. Time. What makes you think God's not going to pay you? What makes you think that God's not going to reward you for what you're doing for Him? Time. Look at how long it's taken. Look at how long I've been waiting. Look at how long I've been doing well. That's the only thing the enemy has to work with. Because that is the realm that he is bound in. He is bound into time. His time is short. He's running out of time. You're not. You are eternal. Somebody say amen. You are eternal. You're going to live forever. So I'm going to say this again. I am not deceived by what the enemy is trying to use. So let me say this. If you do well and reap the reward, what's it going to cause you to do? Keep doing well. 
When I graduate from one grade, if I did well, watch this, if I did well in the fourth grade, when I, because I did well in the fourth grade, what are they going to do? They're going to graduate me. To where? The fifth grade. Now here's what I need you to see. Because everybody's all about the graduation. Oh, praise the Lord, I graduated. I got the manifestation. Well, wait a minute. You're going to another level. It doesn't stop there. You're going to another level. But here's the good news. Watch this. The well-doing that you did in the fourth grade, all the things that you learned in the fourth grade, they're going to carry you through the fifth grade. Sure, you're going to obtain more knowledge. You're going to, to obtain more understanding. But what you did in the fourth grade is going to carry you into the fifth grade. So I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to ask you right now. Where are you right now? Where are you right now in your life? Forget about, I'm not at the manifestation. I'm not at the fulfillment of my vision. Okay, where are you right now? Because right where you are, there's treasure. You got to see it. There's treasure. God is learning you something. God is teaching you something. And He's not, watch this, He's not teaching you to keep you where you are. Be not deceived, God's not mocked. He's not teaching you to keep you where you are. He's teaching you so He can graduate you to the next level. Amen? So here's, ladies and gentlemen, here's the greatest peace you ever have. You ready? That I know that if I do well, if I'm living in the will of God, that when God manifests something in my life, I know that I'm more than capable of handling it. That takes away all the pressure. That takes away all the stress, right? Can I do this? Can I handle this? Am I going to be able to keep this? That takes all of that out the window because I know if I've been in the perfect will of God and I've been doing well, that when God manifests the vision or the promise in my life, He knows that I'm more than able to handle it. Praise God. That is the father side of God. See, that's what parents do. They don't give their kids something unless they know that they can what? Handle it. If one of my kids comes to me right now and says, uh, Daddy, I want, a, I want a Ferrari. I want a Mustang. I want a sports car. I may say yes but not yes in the appointed time. Meaning right now. Why? Because they are not even close to being able to handle it. Right? Is that a no? No. Is that a denial? No, it's not. But when they are able to handle it, when I know that they are ready, guess what? It will be released. You see what I'm saying? You need to be thanking God that He's teaching you ahead of time. Many people say so many times, if, God, if God's going to do this in my life, why does He tell me ahead of time? Why doesn't He just do it when He's going to do it and bring it forth and there we go? Him revealing to me ahead of time makes me anxious or makes me this and that. This is why He tells you ahead of time, so that you will prepare and get ready for it. <clears throat> Let 
I mean, what if you know nothing about business, you know nothing about how to run one, and just one day out of the blue, God just says, boom, here's your multi-million dollar business. Take it, let's go. What are you going to do? What in the world am I going to do? I don't know how to run this. I don't know what to do. But if God, watch this, if God tells you ahead of time, the day is going to come, you're going to be running a multi-million dollar business. Start preparing now. And you begin to train yourself and you begin to, and you begin to let God teach you in these things. So when God manifests it, hey, you're not sweating it. You're ready. Somebody say, I'm ready to go. Proverbs 20, 21. An inheritance may be gotten hastily. That's what we like, isn't it? Give it to me quick. Want it now. All right? An an inheritance may be gotten quickly or hastily at the beginning. But what's the end of it? The end of it shall not be blessed. Praise the Lord, I got a manifestation. Praise the Lord, my promise was fulfilled. And then because you have no character, come on, because you have no foundation, what God manifests or what manifested in your life has not uh, propelled you to the things of God, but you've allowed it to distant you from the things of God, keep you out of church, keep you from doing what God's called you to do, keep you from seeking after Him. What was hastily gotten, the end of it is not blessed. Do you know how many people I've seen throughout the years of ministry? Do you know how many people I've seen come to God just wanting something? That's all they want. They don't want God. Come on. They don't want to have a personal relationship with Him. They're not interested in that. Lord, just give me something. If you just give me what I desire. And you've heard the same, <clears throat> the same expression, the same slogan over and over and over. Lord, if you just do this right here, I'll, I'll never miss church again. Or I, I'll, I'll get say, I'll get on fire for you. I'll do all this if you just do this right here. And God does it and boom, they're gone. Something gotten with haste, with no learning, no understanding, no process is going to be turned into a curse. I said it like this. Someone who wants to gain without process wants triumph shortly lived. I'm going to say that one more time. Someone who wants gain without process. Praise the Lord, I want a great anointing. I want this, I want that. Without process. I don't want to go through anything. I don't want to have to learn anything. Just give me what I want. Somebody who is like that is only interested, watch this, in triumph shortly lived. How many has ever uh, let off one of them fountain fireworks? I mean, you think it's going to be something great. And it's just, and it's nothing. That's what triumph without process is. Somebody who is exalted. I don't remember exactly how the Bible says it, but it says something like this. A fool that is exalted to a place of power 
is an abomination. Or something like that. That when we are a people that no longer wants to go through process, Lord, I'm not interested in you teaching me anything. I'm not interested in in learning from where I am right now. Just take me to where I want to go. You are asking God to bring something to you that you always wanted and let it die right in your arms. Now let me tell you this right here. Sometimes, watch this, sometimes the process is painful, isn't it? Sometimes the process is hard. But let me tell you what's really painful. Let me tell you. It's when you have something that you wanted and you lose it. Because you did not have the character, you did not have the heart that you should have after God. That is greater pain, church. I'm telling you right now, that's greater pain than the process that you're going through right now. Yeah, they may have been... Uh, despising the wilderness or whatever. But let me tell you what was a bigger slap in the face of them. Once they received the promised land and they established in there, and then a, a foreign army came in and took them out, destroyed everything they had, and they were in exile for 70 years. That is painful. So I would rather, watch this, even though the process may not be comfortable uh, comfortable sometimes, I would rather give my best where I am now if I knew that it was going to keep me in my blessing, in my promise, in the vision that God had for me, than to quickly go into something and then lose it just as quick. Somebody say amen. See, we got to learn that about vision. This is the process, this is the phases of vision, is that along the way, while, you're, while you are waiting for the manifestation, God is teaching you things about that vision that's going to carry you into the next thing. And you're going to be prepared and you're going to be ready that when the manifestation comes, you're not going to lose it. The end of it's not going to be blessed. or you know, You're not going to lose it. It's not going to be cursed, but it's going to be blessed. You're going to keep it. Amen. I I touched on this a few weeks ago. God promised me a line of priests, meaning that my kids were going to follow in my footsteps. He said, they're going to walk the same walk of faith that you do. Okay, but I can't just sit back and say, and you know, just twiddle my thumbs and whistle and say hallelujah and all this. I can't just do that. I've got to show them what it means to live by faith. I've got to show them the valuableness and the importance of being in God's house. I've got to show them these things. What am I doing? I am realizing that the vision is not just temporary, but it's for the length of my days. Oh, now we're going to get somewhere. Your vision is far bigger than you. So I'm going to ask you this question again. I told you I was going to ask you again. Will your vision stop with you? There's so many people right now, watch this, there's so many people that are wasting their time in things that have absolute zero meaning in life. Instead of seeking after God, seeking after the things of God. That watch this, that when they die, the vision dies with them. 
No legacy. No impact. Nothing. First Chronicles 22, we're going to see here about a man that left a legacy of vision. Somebody say, legacy of vision. First Chronicles 22, verse 5. It says, And David said to Solomon, My son, young and tender, is young and tender. The house that is to be built for the Lord must be exceedingly magnificent. Uh, magnificent of fame and of glory throughout all countries. I will therefore now make preparations for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. Now let's do the backstory of this. David wanted to build a house. He envisioned building a house for the Lord. And what did God say? He said, I honor you for that. I appreciate you thinking of that. He said, but you've got too much blood on your hands. He said, but... I'm going to build you a house. I'm going to build you a legacy. There will always be somebody that will sit on your throne forever. Now watch this. And he said, he said, your son Solomon will build this house. So what did David do? He sat back on a hammock all the days of his life. No, that's not what he did. The Bible told you. He said he immediately began to prepare. Why? Watch this. Because he knew the vision went past him. He knew the vision was bigger than just him. That it was going to go from generation to generation. So what was he doing? He was making preparations for it now. Before it ever manifests, he was letting God give him understanding and insight on how to handle it, what to do, how to go about it. He was doing all those things. Now go to verse 14. He says, Now behold, in my trouble I have prepared for the house of the Lord. Stop right there. In my what? In my trouble. He didn't say when everything was hunky and dory, I focused on the things of God. No, he said, in my trouble, in my wilderness, in my process, I was letting God teach me. Come on, somebody. I was letting God prepare me to, watch this, to pass this vision off to the next generation. You see, what I'm going through right now I'm going to use to teach my kids so that they will keep the vision for the next generation. Are y'all seeing this? It's bigger than you. I don't know why I got to go. Get out of that. It's bigger than you. That what you're learning today is going to carry on throughout the years. In my trouble, I prepared the vision. 100,000 talents of gold, 100,000 talents of silver, brass, and iron without weight, for it was in abundance, timber, also the stone I have prepared that you may add thereunto. So he said, I fellowshiped with the vision. God showed me what I needed. He showed me the plans of it, and I prepared for it because I knew that it was not just going to stop with the manifestation of it. Now, here's an interesting fact, is that David, if you add all this up in today's money, 
David, this was how, this is how passionate he was about vision. Y'all need to see this. David donated $56 billion to the building of the temple. My God, $56 billion in today's money. That's how, that's how passionate he was about vision. He lived by vision. And you watch this. He wasn't even going to see the fullness of it in his lifetime. But he said, I've got to prepare now because I know that this is not going to die with me, but it's going to go throughout the generations. I've got to do something now. So when did he do it? He said, in my trouble, in my process, in my wilderness, I prepared because I knew that when, once this manifested, what I'm doing now is going to carry it past the manifestation. Mm-mm-mm-mm. He did not let it die with him. I'm going to say it one more time. He did not let it die with him. He gave the vision to Solomon with the charge how to keep it. Go to 1 Chronicles 28, 19. It says, All this, said David, the Lord made me understand in writing by His hand upon me even all the works of this pattern. So he said, literally, God gave him a blueprint on how to build this temple. Many people think that Solomon designed the temple. He didn't design it. David designed it. By the plans that God gave him. And you want to tell me that vision is not powerful? We're talking about vision legacy today. Next verse. Verse 20. It says, And David said to Solomon his son, Be strong. So he gave him the vision, but he didn't just stop right there. He gave him a charge. He said, Be strong and of good courage. And do it. Build. Go after the vision. Make it manifest. Fear not, nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, will be with you. He will not fail you, nor forsake you, until, all thou, hast, until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Now how could David say that? By what he learned in the trouble. He said, what I'm passing on to you now is something that I know. Come on, how many knows you can tell when somebody knows something and they're just trying to pull it out? They know. He says, I know. I've been through the process. I've been through the trouble. I've been through the wilderness. And I know that God will not fail you. This is a big task I'm giving you. But you can do it because God's with you. And I know through experience and through all that God has taught me, I know that God will not fail you. He will be right there with you. And He will make sure that this vision is complete in all of its entirety. So watch this. He did not just give him the blueprints and say, Here you go. I'll see you in Beulah land. No, He instructed him. See, what God is teaching me today, I'm going to instruct my children. You think this ministry is going to die once I die? Uh-uh, I don't think so. 
You think the vision that God has given me for my life, even after they manifest, you think that once I go to be with God, that they're going to stop right there, come to a screeching halt? Uh-uh. My kids are going to pick up the vision and they're going to run with it. And their kids are going to run with it. And their kids, it's just going to keep going. Just as God said it would with David. He said, your seed will always be on the throne. Glory to God. Are y'all seeing this today? Ask yourself this question. Can you handle the vision? Can you handle it? Can you handle to be blessed? In other words, will it make, will it amplify who you are now? Because it will. For the good or for the bad? See, watch this. God told me this one time. He said, money doesn't make a man. It doesn't. All money does, watch this, all money does or all blessing does is amplify the person that you are now. That's all it does. Uh-oh. So if there's areas in your life that you're refusing to let God work, it's going to amplify those issues in your life. It's going to amplify the problems in your life. Ooh, we're preaching wisdom today. Proverbs 13, 22. Proverbs 13, 22. It says, A good man leaves what? Inheritance to his children's children. And the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Is that not the entirety of what we've been preaching on today? Somebody who is an envisionary in God, it is not going to die with you. It's going to keep on from generation to generation. You're going to leave an inheritance. <clears throat> I remember what God told me one time. He said, you're going to have a legacy of faith. If this faith that I'm preaching now, that I'm standing on now, my kids are going to pick this up. Glory to God, their kids are. It's just going to keep going. That's an inheritance. I'm not just talking about money. But notice what he says here. He says the wealth of the sinner will be laid up for the just. What did I tell you earlier? People that's watching right now, you're spending your time not doing the things of God, but wasting your time on stuff that means absolutely nothing. What you have is going to be took away. In other words, the legacy is going to die with you. The vision is going to die with you. So I'm going to ask this question one more time as we stand to our feet. Will your vision die with you? Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Prophetic Faith, the podcast edition. For partnering information or for prayer requests, you can go to our website at www.accelerantfaith.org or you may email us at accelerantfaith@yahoo.com. And just remember, one word from God can change anything.